0: Thomas, Ross Parry, you clapped and you looked like you made a mess of yourself. You okay? Uh, I, I think so. i better just go and check. I think you probably should, Tom. We're about to start a very respectable podcast called Tom uh-huh. and Matt Attack. Seriously, are you okay? Did you just spill tea over yourself or something? No, no, I'm all clean.
1: Uh, I was just—I think I was just a bit alarmed at the loudness of that clap because I've been very conscious of my levels recently. Boring yes. tech talk. So uh, I don't want to get too loud because I'm aware, uh, dear listeners, that sometimes I get a bit loud. Um, well, you and, are a uh, very I'm, I'm,
0: rowdy person. <laughs> it's understandable.
1: I, I'm trying to avoid that. But whenever, you know... I laugh or, or, or my tone raises above my normal level. I seem to be bellow out. Uh, so,
0: Whenever you I feel wanted... you need to defend yeah. the N64.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, w- I want to try and talk at one level throughout the entire podcast, but this may be difficult.
0: Okay. Let's yeah. see how long this goes for, and let's see how long you can achieve yep. <laughs> one level. So
1: this is it. This is kind of the level I'm going to be going for. I can see that I'm not dipping into the reds here. I'm not peeking or anything. So, as long as I maintain this lovely uh, tone, then uh, we will be fine
0: I mean the issue there is though you're always peak Tom, so
1: yeah true this is this is what <laughs> we, can,
0: we can't get around um you okay
1: oh very well, thank you yeah, I can't complain uh, i mean uh went to Hampstead Heath yesterday, never been there before Hampstead Heath
0: yes That's a very uh went say.
1: Well, I was getting a bit fed up of um, city, you know, being amongst all the buildings and the cars and the noise. Except Hampstead Heath is very busy anyway, you know, it's it's a, yeah. obviously it's a rural area yes. of London, but um, yeah, it, it was nice to get out into the forest, a bit of fresh air.
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, at least but... you enjoyed yourself. A bit of nature.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I, I find that I'm in all week pretty much, sitting at my desk working. And so when it comes to the weekend, I'm itching. I'm like a dog who hasn't been out all week. I'm like, yeah, I could go out for walks in the evening. But, you know, it's very, it's very um, concrete around here. You know, you walk around the area I live in. It's not particularly um, interesting to look at, I wouldn't say.
0: But you are a stone's throw away from a cinema. So, you know, it does come with its advantages. I, you did
1: go to the cinema, actually. Went to see Dune. Uh, oh really? Have what you seen you it yet, Matt? I have seen yeah. Dune. Yeah. I, I thought it was really good. I, I, I wish the cinema seats were more comfortable, uh, because it's a long one. Yeah. So I did wriggle around and every time I wriggled there was this horrible squeak from the seat.
0: Were you just like, oh it's just a sandworm? Never mind, don't yeah. worry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was it. Uh but I did enjoy it and I found it um very comprehensible. You know, I understood what was happening, which is uh you know, Full marks. So it's definitely a lot more easy to follow than the uh, 1980s uh, version of Dune.
0: Well, it's because they tried to cram the entire book into one film, and you know, for better or worse, this is Mm. Dune part one. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I I, I think actually, though, they also apart from that, they also made it a lot more human uh, than maybe the previous uh, version. Yes, you know, I empathize with the characters more in this one, especially um, uh, what's his name, the dad, the Duke. Uh, I thought Oscar Isaac, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, this was very good. You know, he's very. Um... Anyway, yeah, don't want it... to get too into it. Cause this is a gaming podcast.
0: But... Yeah, it is, but it has confirmed my long-held suspicion that Timothy Charlemagne can't really act.
1: Um... I would disagree. I quite liked him. I, I thought he, he also, I could empathise with his character, I thought his performance was
0: solid, yeah. I just—I think he's pretty one-note. I watched him in the French Dispatch, and yeah. ironically, despite him being able to speak French, he's the only actor who doesn't actually act in French in that entire movie, so... oh, Well, there's a, there's a moment
1: in it, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, where he gets quite upset about the situation that he's in. It's near the yeah. end, yeah. and he's, he's in a tent. Don't know if you remember that, and and he had a bit of a, a a moment, and I thought, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's good acting. I is this
0: where he shouts at Natalie Portman? I killed them all, the women in the show. Yeah, well, actually,
1: he he does remind me of Anakin. Of yeah, course, exactly, it's, 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 and that's not a good thing. There's so many thing. parallels I think between Star Wars and Dune. Obviously, Dune was an influence on Star Wars. Quite, yeah. Quite, I was <laughs> going to say, yeah, um, the voice, the force, you know, and all this, yeah. Um, So there are a lot of parallels there, but uh, it was very interesting to see that play out. And I was picking up on things in this version of Dune that I never got from the previous version of Dune, you know, despite enjoying parts of that film. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, an amazing spectacle, a great atmosphere. I think that's one of the the highlights of the film. The atmosphere is... It really is... well done. Yeah, it's it's like good. you went to a different world, was not it? It's like you were transported there. It's like you were on holiday. It was like a travel documentary. Yes. It felt so real, I thought. the Yeah.
0: I, I liked it. To tie a knot under this uh, cinema section, <laughs> speaking of films I would actually have liked a game of, uh, Shang-Chi mm. and the Legend of the Ten Rings is finally on Disney Ooh. Pass, so I finally got a chance to watch it. I and that. I liked it a lot. I, I, I must it uh, check film. it out. So it's, that's
1: free to, for, for members. You don't have to pay extra to no, watch it No, it
0: now. Is, is now in the free category. Um, it, it, on, it is an honest-to-goodness kung fu movie for the first half mm. of it. Tom Parry, you would very much like it. Yep. There are I bits mean, in it that reminded me of old Jackie Chan, and yeah. especially like things like grumble in the Bronx. So Yes,
1: I, I did want to see it, just I didn't get around to it. We saw um, James Bond, we saw Venom, and we've seen Dune. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we, we just missed out on uh, Shang-Chi.
0: Yeah, unfortunately it wasn't in the cinema when I came over, I swear to wait for it mm. on Disney bus. I still want to see Edgar Wright's new movie, Last Night in Soho, but I haven't yeah. had a chance to get to the cinema and I'm not sure it's still there in Denmark. So,
1: Okay, yeah, it maybe came out earlier in Denmark. It's, it's just come out, is not
0: it, in the UK? It has just come out in Denmark, but as you know, Tom Parry, niche films don't stay in the cinema long here. It's one of those things where if you don't catch it in the, w- the no. first one... Well, you have to it, go... It goes... For example. Example,
1: if you want to see French Dispatch around here, you have to go a special indie cinema. You're, oh, yeah. you're not going to see it at the the local uh, Sydney World or View or Odeon, for example.
0: We had to go to um, the Cinemax in Aarhus, which is, you mm-hmm. know... A step up from that time that you and I ventured with one of our colleagues into the great unknown to a very small cinema in rural law yeah. who's to watch um, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise
1: Kingdom. Yeah, that was good, though. I thought the cinema was fine. It was quite a yeah, good was. way to watch It It's just miles
0: yeah. away from anything. It Anyways, was, yeah. that's us reminiscing. <laughs> Shang-Chi, good film. Would make okay. an excellent video game, I think.
1: I, I tell you what, I was thinking the same thing about uh, Skull Island last night. Watch watched Kong Skull Island again. Yeah. And uh, especially like the battle with uh, Kong and the giant uh, skull or whatever yeah. it was called, um, I thought, wow, I'd love to play this in a video game
0: form. What if uh, you played Peter Jackson's King Kong the video game?
1: Yeah, I guess you could. You would also wrestle with uh, large beasts in that as Kong, um, dinosaurs. So would it not be? It in would the be traditional dinosaurs, Kong, yeah, you... Kong sense.
0: And um to be fair, the Kong bits in that game, from what I remember, not very good. Uh, to be fair, the whole game, not very good.
1: But... I, I, I would disagree. Again, we disagree in a lot lately. I quite liked what <sighs> I played with that game. Maybe the Kong bits weren't so good, but I remember the first person bits being very immersive and it really feel like you were playing a film. I thought It was unique.
0: I thought they were pretty generic. Okay, fair enough. Not a bad game.
1: I don't think that's a bad
0: game. I don't think go. it's a. Ter- I don't think it's a terrible game. I'm just like, yeah, it's it's very short.
1: It's my levels; they're rising I know. As, as, as we talk about uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong video game of the movie of the of
0: the, of the video game <laughs> of the adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't think Tom Parry that would be one of the buttons I had to press with you, but I, I, it's good to know.
1: I think Could, for most people, that'll be one of the first Xbox 360 games they might have played.
0: It was for me. I paid 50 yeah. quid for it, and it's like two hours long. So perhaps that is some of my disappointment. No, it's but not... it
1: goes back to what I think I've said previously about these shorter game experiences. That are Like watching a film, they only take up a couple of hours of your life. Maybe you don't want to spend 50 quid on them, though. But nowadays, yeah. you don't have to. If you want to play that game, you can pay... That 50p? game dropped
0: in value very, very quickly, <laughs> even at the time I remember seeing it for like twenty quid pre owned, like within a couple of months of it coming out. Yeah. So
1: I've played it on original Xbox and three sixty. I don't know what the PS two or other versions of the game are like. I probably have not no so idea. not so good, I imagine.
0: Maybe. It might be alright. Who knows?
1: But I bet the GameCube's better than PS two.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. It's probably the way well, it's generally the way it went with that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? Like Yeah. Anyway, fantastic.
1: Well, let's move on. Yes, yes. That's tr- I want to hear about uh, your um, experience with Pikmin again.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I, I can. I've been playing the same two games, so I think I can go through them both pretty quickly. Um, let's start with Pikmin Bloom because, as you mentioned, I, I've been playing that. Yesterday was the first community day for Pikmin Bloom, and in stark contrast to Pokemon, whereas I was saying, hey. Oh, look, Charmander's on Community Day. There's lots of Charmander's. Maybe you'll catch a shiny one. Pikmin Bloom's Community Day was, Hey, get out and walk. If you walk over 10,000 steps by the end of the time limit, we will give you a medal. I've yet Mm. to receive that medal, despite doing 11,000 steps. And they've said, Well, it'll come later. And I'm like, This doesn't seem like you were very much prepared for this Community Day that you sprung on everyone. Maybe that was a you trying to make people play the game. Um, Apparently too many people have downloaded the app. I have seen now, a week or so after it coming out, people walking around the town, because you can tell because they leave flower trails, and I'm like, oh, look, there's flowers. In Aarhus yesterday, there was definitely a lot more people playing the game because there was lots of flower trails everywhere. So I'm Hmm. like, okay, people are playing it. I got to level 15, where you unlock the the equivalent to raids in Pokemon Go. And that generally revolves around you going, oh, there's a raid, I'm going to throw a group of ten Pikmin at it, and then depending on how quickly they clear the thing is then the amount of stars I get and therefore rewards. The only issue Mm -hmm. with that is even the small ones, which are supposed to be the easy raids... I've sent all the Pikmin I have available to me at this level. Like I've now got the beefy purple guys who are strong, so I'm sending loads of those. I um, like that the beefy purple the guys beefy that are purple strong. Guys, they're buff. They're buff little <laughs> purple Pikmin.
1: I, I know those those chaps.
0: I've been I've been sending them, and they're still only clearing it with enough for one star. And I'm like, mm, this requires a lot more people to do this. And to be honest, it isn't even really that fun because I get the same rewards. I would get from regular like excursions it's just more fruit and more postcards to send friends that i don't have in the game so i don't know i again i i think it's it's an interesting concept like it is very much a passive experience as i mentioned last week mm-hmm. it is kind of fun to just like like clash of clans or one of those games where you look at your phone and you're like oh right my pikmin are back from their expedition I'll collect my things and I'll send them off and then I'll put it back in my pocket. It's a very, like, snacky game. You can just kind of, like, play mm. it for five minutes and then put it away, which is okay. But, again, the the day-to-day playing it and being able to go out and do stuff, I'm just opening it now and feeding my Pikmin nectar so I can get more flowers, so I can walk around. There's just not a lot to it. And I, I think that's kind of what they're aiming for is a very passive experience but it's
1: not keeping the pikmin brand going keeping it in people's minds as yeah, well yeah
0: i i i think if they were to introduce like i was saying like more battles and stuff and i can see that they're trying to do that with the raids if they had like roaming creatures and or if there was this communal thing that you were trying to do with the buildings or whatever i think it would be cool right now yeah. i think it's very basic and perhaps them not even having their shit together for community day probably suggests to me they're not putting too many eggs in this basket like they did with the the Harry Potter game
1: yeah I can't imagine the development cost is huge on a game like that I don't know if Are they've you... got all the infrastructure set up already for the other um, similar games yeah. like Pokemon Go then then to put the Pikmin sort of skin on it and int- introduce these new gameplay elements I don't know, is, is that a difficult game to um, put together I wonder
0: I don't know. I'm not a developer. Probably have
1: yeah. It probably has its own challenges, but
0: I'm sure it does. I mean, when you send the Pikmin on expeditions, you can actually like watch them in real time running across a map and stuff. And obviously, okay. there's none of that in Pokemon Go. I guess it has the ability to do it, but
1: easy to animate though, Pikmin. You know, they all look sort of similar.
0: Yeah, and even the like special Pikmin that I mentioned, they get like hats and stuff. They're mm. all the same. They're not like unique hats. Like once you've got yeah. one red roadside Pikmin that's got a little sticker on him, all of the other roadside yeah. Pikmin will look the same. So So
1: the investment can't be as much as pokemon
0: no but i i also guess that they want to make sure that the player base is there before they start putting a lot of time and effort into developing it when Pokemon, that's true they can build on this can't they
1: they can update the game it's not like you buy it and that's all you're going to get it's going to be a game that sort of grows over time yeah
0: yeah and i mean to be fair maybe the reason it is a passive game is because they don't want it to cannibalize pokemon go so much because i mean i've generally been playing this a bit more than pokemon go in the last couple of days just to try and get my levels up to see what mm. the raids were like and i've been playing less pokemon go because i'm like well pikmin's draining my battery at a ridiculous pace and yeah. i'm just sending these pikmin out and i'm like right, okay cool i fiddled with my phone for five minutes i've sent them on expeditions i'll put my phone away I That's will right. Yeah, I
1: think that it's a good point you raise. So yeah, they have to consider, you know, uh, the the time, the investment of time and battery life into playing two of those sort of games. Yeah. I mean, you may be playing. Does the Harry Potter thing still exist?
0: Yeah, the Harry Potter thing still. So exists. So you may be
1: playing that as well. If you if maybe. You, but who, how could you play all of them? I
0: don't know. <laughs> Multiple devices, I guess. Mm. And at that stage, I guess you're not worried too much about the battery life of one particular one. Anyway, yeah. I, the last thing I want to say about it is the monetization of Pikmin kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, you you are familiar with the monetization of Pokemon Go, where essentially everything is based on poker coins, and you can earn those by defending gyms and doing this other stuff. Pikmin has an in-game currency of like Pikmin coins, which you can earn. I've still not really figured out how to do it. I think it's based on the amount of flowers you plant on the ground. But... Like, for example, I run around all day with these flowers on and I've only got five coins. Um, yeah. The incubator cost for, like, hatching a Pikmin is the same as in Pokemon Go, like 150 for a regular one or 200 for a special one. But the base coins here are nine kroner as opposed to five, so, like, they're almost double the price. And you cannot upgrade your nectar, flower, seedling, or Pikmin storage, i.e., like, all of your baggage stuff. With coins in-game, you need to pay real money. Oh, dear. Which, to be fair, it is kind of the same price as it is in Pokemon Go. But in I've Pokemon, never done it myself. In Pokemon yeah. Go, you have the option to earn the coins in-game and there uh, pay for those things.
1: Yeah, that's how I usually do that.
0: Likewise. And so, for me, it's like, well, I don't need to have absolute shit-tons of Pikmin at the moment. I can't see a benefit to me having more than the 300. And especially as they've not really got stats or anything like that, it's like, well, I'll just trash duplicates. Like, I'm not that attached to the Pikmin.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Of course, you wouldn't necessarily get as attached as you would with a Pokemon, would you?
0: No, I don't think I so. I
1: wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not hardcore into Pokemon Go. Never have been, really. I've played it yeah. casually. Um, so, yeah, I've never spent a penny on pokemon go um even though you know sometimes it's frustrating isn't it when you want to increase your storage if you want to catch more pokemon uh which inevitably you'll have to because there's so many uh but i don't do enough of the extracurricular things to get the coins you see so that i get a bit stuck and then i just stop playing it fair enough yeah
0: um (laughs) I mean for me, like the extracurricular stuff in Pokemon Go isn't that bad. Like the, the field researchy things can be quite intense if there's like, Oh, you have three days to complete this catch mm. challenge or whatever Well, it...
1: I don't do raids, you know, I only doing yeah. them when there were people around that I knew who were going out at lunch times at work, you know, oh yeah. there's a Pokemon here, let's go and get it. And yeah. that was fun. I enjoyed that social aspect of it, but nowadays I haven't been doing that. In the last couple of years, I would have to say.
0: That's fair. Um, hmm. Yeah, so Pikmin, Pikmin Bloom. If anything, like any updates happen, I will talk about it. If I fall off it completely, maybe I'll bring it up again. Yeah,
1: love to hear, yeah. If you do end up, you know, losing interest, you know.
0: Yeah, let's see how it goes. Yeah. I. I'll...
1: Well, thanks, thanks for the update, Matt. The <laughs> it sounds Bloom like, update. you know... There's got to be more to it than you initially thought then, you know. The fact that you're still playing it now uh, goes to show that, yeah, there is something there. And I guess you would uh, recommend it that people just try it. Yeah, uh, Yeah,
0: I think you can try it. I think most people will bounce off it very quickly, though. Like I said, my wife is a very avid Pokemon Go player, and I've not really felt the urge. Anytime she's looked at it, she's like, nah, I'm okay. So...
1: Yeah, I'm okay. I, I, I just say I'm not. I don't want another one of those sort of games to play. So no, right. I'll just have to go off for uh, what you say about it, Matt.
0: <laughs> Live through me, Tom Parry. It's yes, fine, absolutely. and you, dear mm-hmm. listener, it's okay.
1: So, uh, now, why don't we move on to a game that I imagine you're not going to play, uh, and that is uh, Forza Horizon Five.
0: I'm. You say that I would actually be quite interested to play it. I've heard nothing but good things, but alas, I do not own. An Xbox Series S or X. Well, I know I could probably play it on no. the Last Gen, but yeah.
1: You can, yeah. I, I would argue you could play any Forza Horizon game and get a very similar experience. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing that that they found a template that works very well, you know, and it, it plays perfectly. The driving is, you know, it's been finely tuned for for, you know, as long as the series has been um around. I would say, uh, every game you're in a new place. That's the um, that's the thing. It's like it's a bit like uh, it's not like FIFA or anything like that. I think the game is substantially different every year, but that core gameplay remains the same. Of course, yeah. that's why people love Forza Horizon. Uh, but I would say I was quite excited. You know, the other week we were chatting about. Oh, I wouldn't mind getting this. You know, before its proper release, so I can yeah. play it the weekend. I'm glad I didn't do that because pl- the process of playing it was fun. However, I didn't feel I was getting much more from the experience of playing this latest entry um, compared to what I could be getting out of play in the previous century. other than the fact I've pretty much done everything in Forza Horizon 4. Yeah. So it's nice to have some, some new uh, challenges and uh, a new world to explore. Now, not to say they haven't done things to change the gameplay up a little, yeah. There are these expeditions now, which uh, weren't in Forza Horizon Four, uh, where you'll meet up with one of the in-game characters. Uh, you'll drive with them to uh, a location. It encourages you to explore different areas of the of the map. Yeah, and uh, sometimes when you're there, they'll have like um, collectibles. So you'll enter an area where there'll be so many collectibles to sort of find within that area. Um. That was that was different, you know. Yeah. They've introduced a few more layers to the collecting items in game. Uh but yeah, no, essentially it, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It looks very nice, as has been quite well documented uh through um the various channels online. Uh, but I wouldn't say, you know, other than it being more detailed, it essentially looks you know, that much better than Forza Horizon four. Oh, that's I mean, a shame. I mean it does look great I mean but I think the level of detail I'm playing on the series S so I can't say what it looks like on the series X for example but I say yeah you can appreciate that there's more detail to the environments there's more rocks there's more foliage you know if you compare it perhaps to the version you can play on the Xbox One yeah there's considerably more detail in in this version but it gets to a point, I think, where it doesn't, really, it doesn't feel necessary to make the environments look any more detailed than they already were. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I it's that like it doesn't improve the game. Maybe it makes it more immersive, perhaps. Perhaps. But the, the core gameplay, I'd say, has remained practically the same for, for many entries. And it's that same addictive thing. You play it because it's very easy to play. It's very addictive to um, work through the game's various <laughs> races um, and challenges. I'm getting a bit of a <laughs> gruff, gruff throat here. Hang on.
0: It's because you're talking um, about cars, Tom. You're I'm going right to take. Now.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take a, a glass of water. Uh, but I would say, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, I can't poo-poo it. I would just say, don't expect anything groundbreaking about it expect more of the same in a new world you know and, and i do appreciate that they've added some new uh modes to it but they don't change the game in such a radical way that it feels incredibly fresh
0: i get you so it's just it's more of the same goodness but if that's you it into, yeah i think yeah if you come into it expecting something new then perhaps you're going to be a little bit disappointed.
1: I I don't really know what I expected. I was so excited about it, but actually sitting down and playing it, you go through the same sort of routine as you would playing any other Thoughts of Horizon game, really.
0: Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me too much, to be honest. I mean, it is the fifth entry in a series after all. I did
1: like the um, the different environments within the world. There's a lot of there's the jungle, isn't there? There's like a desert, you know. That there's quite a few different um, types of area within that world. It's it's more varied uh, than Fort Horizon Four in that respect because that yeah. was set in the UK, and therefore there wasn't so many spectacular uh, and uh, you know immersive environments within that game. No, I get you. Um, Yeah, I don't know really what else to say about it other than it is really good, but you could basically be playing any other Forza Horizon game and get a very similar experience, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, that's a a bit disappointing to hear, but I mean...
1: It's what should be expected, though, and I don't know why I I thought it would be anything more. It was just held so high on a pedestal as being like this amazing game that's uh, so uh, revolutionary and uh, so... Next gen, that yeah, it does look good, but those extra layers of detail—I say they don't really make it any better of a game.
0: That's a shame. Or any
1: different of a game.
0: I mean, it, it, to be fair, right? Like that is kind of my summary of Ratchet and Clank, also. Hmm. It's, oh, we're we doing some good segues uh, this week. It has been—it's <laughs> been nice to play it, but as you say, it's more it's more from a comfort food standpoint of going, oh, well, I'll collect all of these things. I'll get the golden bolts. I'll get the repair mm. bots and I'll get the rhino and I'll do these things. And a lot of that for me has been quite nice. It, it's kind of, it's almost like a paint by numbers of platform gaming. It's like, okay, I'll go into this area. I'll do these things. I'll shoot these bad guys. I'll smash these crates up. Oh, look at that. I collect bolts. Oh, I can buy a new weapon. Oh, isn't this nice? And, It's very Moorish, like I've been playing it and quite enjoying just like going in there and just like smashing some stuff up and then shooting bad guys and everything else, doing some grind rails and all these other things you kind of expect from Ratchet and Clank. But other than it looking very pretty, as we talked about last week, and other than them trying to do some perhaps harder like challenges and stuff to unlock these new suits that you can get within the game there's not really a lot there that really tries to push the genre forward for me and i think i'm at a place now where i'm about 50 percent of the way through the game in terms of collectibles and story and i've not really seen anything that's like wowed me the one thing that i thought was quite cool was on one of the earlier worlds where you're playing as rivet you can fly around on a dragon and i was like Mm. oh this is going to be neat but then the dragons kind of Moves automatically, and you can slow it down, but you can't really stop it. And so there was a lot of really Mm. hilarious situations where I tried to land on the roosts. The dragon, the prompt wouldn't come up for the roost, and then I would just fly into a wall and die because the game didn't know to handle the fact that the dragon should stop, and that was kind of annoying. I remember flying on some sort of insect. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like a big giant. Are you right? You ride around on some insect thing on the floor where you're, like, charging yeah. around, but then you get, yes. a, a, like, a dragon-y insect thing to fly around on yeah. later. I think you
1: maybe you've done a bit more than me.
0: Maybe. It was after, like, unlocking challenges on the world and, like, getting a bit further into, like, the mm. the optional stuff that I got this ability to fly around on a dragon. But it just felt, felt a bit shit. It felt very PS2, like, in the, mm. oh, we haven't really thought about like collision detection so you're just gonna die as soon as you fly into this wall
1: Mm, how do you find um ratchet sort of uh, booster boots i don't know what they're called you know the rocket boots yeah yeah they're they're cool i mean it can be a little difficult to control at times i guess because you're going at such a speed but i think in those sections the game opens up doesn't it it opens up into a a bigger world area
0: that's what i'm doing now and like Mm -hmm the the shrines like Lombach shrines yes on that I'm doing world. that yeah and I was just yeah. like oh this is kind of cool are they going to like have a riff on Breath of the Wild and then they're like no we're going to give you really boring audio logs and oh, these yeah. things called orbs which is lore orbs and I was like okay this is you folk, fucking poking fun modern gaming this is nice I'd,
1: I'd be interested to hear what you think of some of the puzzles you know the um, the clank puzzles yeah because uh, I skipped one. Because right. um, I just found it so infuriating, I couldn't work out to do it. It's probably only the second one.
0: I found uh, them relatively easy. Oh
1: right, you know we have to sort of make the. Um, are, the are they little? What are you moving? You're moving well, like, like lemmings.
0: Yeah, it's like infinite clanks, isn't it? Like there's yeah, just it loads clanks. of clanks on a thing, and so you you're going into. There's like two side mini games I've encountered. There's the one with clank, and then there's the one with the. Glitch or whatever it's called, the, the little, spider thing that spider you crawl around, you're shooting yeah. and crawling around. That's fine.
1: Factors. I don't have a problem with that one. But yeah, the the clank one, I couldn't work out what I needed to do to get them to the goal. I mean, I got them part way, but yeah. then I really just hit a brick wall with it. And I'm glad there's the option to skip those. Yeah, it's kind of like they know that some people might find them a bit too difficult. Yeah, or not quite understand how to do them. But well, I'm, I'm, they're all physics you, you puzzles. You were fine
0: for me. the... Yeah. The the two I've done so far have been relatively easy. It's just um, the first one was like, okay, you need to speed them up and then you need that to stop fine. something. Yeah. And then the, the second one was the one where there was loads of those hammer things coming down. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't do that. You just, All you needed to do was like the hammer you stopped, you can take the... You kind of just have to like juggle taking the powers off one or two things at a right. time to unlock a switch and then once you've done that you can set it up to send all the clanks in the way they needed to go i didn't think it was that difficult
1: okay i just got up to that point where i wasn't having fun and so i was like well i'll skip that then that's fair you know which is nice you know because when you're playing a video game you you want to be having fun yes <laughs> that's exactly. the main thing so it's really thoughtful of the developers to uh to put something of that in i did feel a little bit like i was cheating the game but at the same time i said to myself well if a game's not fun, why are you bothering playing it anyway?
0: I so. mean, the lowest difficulty option—you can't. You can literally turn off dying, like you can turn off health. Mm. So yeah. I, I think they've tried to make this very accessible. I think they've also realised, look, this is essentially a kids' game, and I don't. Th- I think that's why the difficulty is as hard as you make it, rather yeah. than being very punishing. Like yeah. you can, when you're on the Rocky Boots, there's been a couple of times where I've accidentally just gone off a canyon and gone yes, off shit. Yes, I've done that. Yes, but then, yeah. usually what happens is, the game's like, oh, well, you were trying to get to the other side of this canyon. I'm just going to put you on the other side of the canyon. There you go. Like, Yeah. It's quite nice. Yeah, I
1: like it in games are clever like that. They understand what you were trying to do yeah. and give you another opportunity to do that. It happened in Forza, actually, the other day. On one of those expedition missions where I was trying to get a very difficult to get to box, but I kept flipping the vehicle over. Uh, but yeah, it knew I was trying to get there. I think so. It just set me up right at the ramp, and it's like, "Well, try again." You
0: know. Yeah. No, I, hmm. it's. I like that. I like that thoughtfulness to games when the developer is just like, "Okay, you're here to have fun. I'm not gonna like piss you off and do these things and make yeah, you." Far too
1: many things. games, especially older games, do that. You know? yeah, and but sure. then sometimes they might piss you off so much, but then we actually do it. That sense of achievement, but well, you've got to be fair about it, haven't you? You yeah. can't be. I mean, bosses in fighting games, final bosses, usually second final bosses. You yeah. know, you think you've beat the final boss, and then they get incredibly powerful and cheap, yeah. and then that's the worst. I think I had that experience with Guilty Gear Strive.
0: I Seth from Final uh, from Street uh, Fighter is the one for 4. me that fucking does it every time. Like any time I play him, any. I'm I'm okay as playing as Akuma Ryu. Like I can do Dragon Epicuts. I can do some combos and stuff. But like that boss is just way too cheap. It would just do like Ultra moves, like into co- yeah. like into combos, into Ultra yeah, moves. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck I, this.
1: I know the frustration of of Seth. I wouldn't say he's the worst though. I've I've encountered no, far I... worse. Uh, having played a lot of fighting games. Uh, there's that, there's worse than Seth but yeah he's a, he's a bugger isn't
0: he he's a very high bar for someone who doesn't play fighting <laughs> games that yeah, much Like yeah. I remember when I got it I was playing it in my uni dorms like, with a load of people who don't play fighting games who were just like oh yeah mm. this is really fun and then they get to Seth and they'd be like no fuck this and then they would never play Street Fighter again. I
1: don't understand why fighting game developers choose to do that with their final bosses. It's a staple of the genre, but it's not a good staple. No. Um, The best fighting games don't have that cheapness. I'd hate that. Um, It happens in Tekken. It happens with um, that big... Not Ogre. I think in Tekken, Tag 2, is it? Or Azale or something. There's a big sort of dragon-like creature. that The best way to beat it is to use one move over, spam one move over and over again. Because uh, it, you can make it fall down, and yeah. as soon as it gets back up to its feet, you just spam it with the same move. Yeah. And that's the only way I find to defeat that yeah. boss. And that is cheap.
0: Exactly. Hey, man, yeah. it's the way it is. got to do what you got to do.
1: You've got to do what you got to do, yeah. Uh, I don't, oh, we can't segue into anything now, Matt. I've, I've lost my segue uh, flow.
0: No, oh, no, I don't know. Well, I, was... I mean, you know... Go on,
1: fighting games to... I, actually, I will segue. I was going to say, you into... can
0: clearly segue. It's there for you.
1: I'm going to segue into One Piece games. How about that?
0: Yeah, find your inner piece was going to be the thing I was going to say to you, and then see what comes of the Oh, of yeah.
1: fantastic. So I've got into One Piece recently, uh, through Matthew Boyle actually recommending it.
0: It's the best anime uh, like, slash manga ever written. Hey, you should go watch it, read I'm it. I'm
1: late to the party, but... Um, I mean, so was I. So mm. I got that. as far as reading the first three volumes of the manga and then I already decided I really liked One Piece. Um, watched the first um, couple of episodes of the series as well uh, and then I started to discover the games. Um, I'm trying to think about the first one I actually played. It was probably is it Raging Blood on the Xbox on PlayStation. Uh, this is an, a sort of arena-based fighting game yeah. that really captures uh, One Piece really well, and it plays yeah, it plays well as well. It, an excellent uh, fighting game. Uh, so once I played that, I was like, oh, what other One Piece games are there? Because I actually had that one already. I yeah. bought it ages ago, before I even knew about One Piece. Uh, is it called Raging Blood? I'd love to find out if I'm, it is. Or not. I'm
0: looking it up. It's okay.
1: Okay, thank you, Matt. Uh, so I guess fighting games are on my mind uh, because of my love of the genre. Uh, I then I, I think I play Pirate Warriors next, the first one on the PS3. Well, I'm not a huge fan of the Dynasty Warriors series and mowing down, you know, um, loads and loads of enemies and. I thought I'll give this one a go because I heard that this has enough sort of uh, variation to make it a little bit more uh, accessible to those who aren't huge fans of that. Yeah. So that, of course, the core gameplay is defeating tons and tons of enemies that flood the screen. The presentation is excellent, I, w- I would say. You know, it ca- again it captures One Piece extraordinarily well, um, and it's fun. The core gameplay, but there's enough. Uh, Changing up of situations to um, add a bit more to it. So those two games I can recommend very highly. That's Pirate Warriors One on PS3 and um, whatever One it is. Piece What's it burning called?
0: Burning Blood.
1: Burning Blood. I'm sure there's something called Raging Blood. Probably. Of course, um, maybe you might be um, a little concerned about getting into the One Piece games if you're not so familiar with the. Uh, the material, you know, the story yes, or the anime or the manga.
0: Something I have not done. Like I got World Seeker out of the library and then someone was like, Oh, actually you might want to watch the next arc before you play that game and I was like, Oh, but it's not on Crunchyroll yet. Shit, I guess I'll wait. Yeah.
1: The good thing about Pirate Warriors it starts from the beginning. Yeah. Of of the manga. But um, before it actually gets into starting from the beginning, there is sort of like a current situation. That must have been at the time the game was released. This must have been what was going on. Yeah. Uh, these big guys, big dudes, really tall dudes, are like the uh, maybe the One Piece equivalent of Sentinels from X Men. Yes, X-Men. they are called. Yeah. Uh,
0: Kuma. He's I'm not sure there.
1: how early they enter the the story. But...
0: Bartholomew Kuma comes into the story around 500 episodes in, I think Okay,
1: well, you start off in, in a situation involving those uh, yeah. massive characters and then you suddenly uh, go back and you're sort of reminiscing about how everything began
0: that, That's because, uh, one piece spoiler for the next minute that is a, a very crucial part to the anime and sets off a chain of events that is referred to as the time skip uh, which is like Shippuden for Naruto, like time jumps forward. So that, wow. it makes sense, yeah.
1: Fascinating, yeah. So um, that's a very affordable game, um, Pirate Warriors 1. Uh, I hear the rest of the series sort of gets into that template of Dynasty Warriors games more so, uh, and there's less variation in, in those games. But, you know, right now I think Pirate Warriors 3 or 4 is on the eShop. Nintendo shop for about seven quid, or yeah. I think it's the same, because there's a Bandai Namco sale going on at the moment, I think until the 2nd of December. Yeah. So at the time of recording, uh, a lot of these One Piece games are very affordable on most platforms.
0: I will pick some up.
1: Yeah, especially Unlimited World Red, um, which I played uh, a little bit of today. Uh, now, this was originally released back on the PS3 uh, yeah. and the Wii U. I have funnily the Wii U version of it, funnily yeah. enough, Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a really colourful game. Uh, It's really nice to look at. I mean, it's not anything groundbreaking, but it's colourful, you know, and the characters are realised well. And it's an adventure game with fighting, basically. Uh, And, yeah, my first impression of that was good. I've only played it uh, very briefly, but it is only £5 at the minute on the PlayStation Network. So uh, I think if you want a One Piece game, that's maybe a good... um, want to start start. it's it's so cheap but they're saying it's a good place to start it's not in terms of the story because i don't know half the characters i don't really yeah i'm not familiar with them there's a full crew whereas i'm at with the manga there's like three of them
0: yeah,
1: four four about four now so
0: yeah
1: uh but good game it seems anyway but it's too early for me to give any sort of judgment on that I've also played a few of the uh, Japanese games, uh, starting with uh, a few of the fighting games on the DS. Uh, the first one I played was called Gear Spirit, and that is very much like um, Smash Bros. Okay. But I, th- I found it a little bit more accessible than Smash Brothers because I've never got hugely into that series. I've always this found is, it very difficult. This is
0: kind of the interesting thing. I was thinking about this earlier, because um, Jump Force is coming off. The, mm. the store and that's kind of smash brothers-esque as well right from well i'd
1: sense. say that's more arena based more like some of the naruto uh, fighting games
0: okay interesting i didn't know that okay. no
1: no it's it's like um burning blood to a port to a degree
0: yeah
1: um i wouldn't say it was as good as burning blood it was a bit more dull in its presentation yeah. burning blood really does um look pretty fantastic that's a and shame. Plays. But I uh, really well.
0: The reason I was going to say that was because I think there's this whole thing now with the Nickelodeon Smash Brothers clone and the mm-hmm. the rumored uh, Warner Brothers Smash Brothers clone as well. That's apparently in development mm-hmm. where you can play as Gandalf and Shaggy. Um, this whole like oh people are trying to make Smash Brothers games thing is just like oh that's really cute. But like Japanese developers, especially Pantai Namco, have been trying to like rip yeah, off Smash for a it. long time.
1: For years. There was, of course, the two Shonen Junk games on the DS featuring yeah. uh, various Shonen Jump characters. And now, yes, Gear Spirit, which is all rendered in 3D, which is a little bit different than, yeah. than, than the other two I'm going to talk about. But I found it simple and accessible, and I think other people might find it a bit shallow. Okay. Uh, but I think for a pick-up-and-play DS fighting game, it's actually pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I can recommend that one. Do you well, need to I use I did... the stylus? No. Good. No, but you do occasionally need to touch the bottom screen to activate special moves. Okay,
0: that's fine. As long as it's nothing like, oh, in the middle of a fight, you need to draw something. Um...
1: Yeah, I think you sort of play a card on the bottom screen as they become available as you fight. And then you have to press a button after you've activated the card to do the special move. Uh, And then there's um, Gigant World. No, sorry, Gigant Battle. Or Gigant Battle. There's two of these on the DS, and these play um, far more uh, similar... Similar, I can't say the word. They play very much like the uh, Shonen Jump uh, 2D Smash Bros. S fighting games. Yeah. So, beautiful 2D animation. Re- really well done. Um, not as playable as uh, Gear Spirit, I wouldn't say. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's as accessible. I think there's it's a bit more of a language barrier there. There's a bit more text going on. The game is a little bit more... Complicated. If I think back to playing those Shonen Jump games on the uh, DS, uh, there's several menus and tutorials you need to get through in order to progress in those games. Right. And I think one is a little less accessible than the other. Uh, it's not so bad in this. It's not as bad as that. But there is a certain degree of um, working your way through menus uh, in in these two games. Gotcha. So, well, not not as good. For the non-Japanese speaker, I would say, and maybe not as good uh, accessible fighting games as um, Gear Spirit. Uh, oh Gosh, I've played. I've played so many. I played this morning. I played um, Fighting for One Piece on the PS2. Right. Which is a bare bones uh, 3D fighter. You know, not often does that happen. In the One Piece video game series, I don't think. I think this is maybe the only example of a real straightforward one-on-one arcade-style fighter. It's sluggish. It looks really nice, but it's sluggish. Okay. It's quite slow to play. Quite Everything feels quite laboured, and it really isn't that much fun. It's, that's, it's, a you know, that's a That's a real shame, because it looks really good on, on the PS2. Nice character models. Pretty good environments uh, with foreground as well. Sometimes you're fighting the tables in the foreground and stuff. And, yeah, it's not bad. The music's okay. Um, But gameplay feels slow. There is a button to speed things up. Press triangle once you've got enough power. And you go into, like, turbo mode. And then if the whole game was in that turbo mode, it would be a lot lot more playable. But it's not. Um, you've got the usual sort of inputs, but some of them actually have more in common with Mortal Kombat. For example, back and punch, or back-back punch, or left-right punch, kick, whatever. There's also a move, which I don't know what it is. I think it's a counter, but I've never managed to get it to work properly. So you've got two main attack buttons, um, a button to activate, like the turbo mode, and this sort of counter button, which I can't work out what to do with. And you've got R1's block. Uh, but you fight a load of characters I've never seen before. There's only like five playable characters to begin with. It's it's essentially the main crew. And you can't play as the bad guys that you fight in the arcade mode. Okay. Uh, until you earn enough money to unlock them.
0: Okay.
1: It's like Half the characters are locked. You play the game enough. Maybe you just play through as all the different uh, good good guys, crew yeah. members. And then you probably have enough credits to unlock the rest of the characters. But are you going to want to play it that much?
0: Probably I don't not. know. Yeah. Probably
1: not. It's probably better to play against friends who also like One Piece.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I would say. And the other one was uh, One Piece Round the Land, which is a platform game. And it was released in PAL territories, although I was playing the Japanese version, which despite having some Japanese tutorial text, again isn't actually that complicated. So you could get, I, I don't know how much the PAL version is. I'm assuming it's probably collectible because I've never seen it before what in system? the wild. What's it on? It's on the PS2, oh. as is um, Fighting for One Piece. Yeah.
0: I think I've seen that game.
1: Yeah, it's called Round the Land. Um, on video game database online, it's referred to uh, the Japanese version as Land Land. But yeah. the game is called Around the Land, or Round the Land, on the PS2. So I don't know why it has that other name. But I think in PAL, it is also called Round the Land. And you can play as a couple of different characters. And there's a portion in like halfway through the level where you can swap, you know, between characters. Uh, They're sort of of a little bit cutified, a little deformed, the characters you play as. It's very colourful, bright. Uh, Buggy the Pirate uh, is the uh, babby in the first level. And you're going through like a a circus area outside of a circus. And yeah, solid, but not anything... To shout about it doesn't feel great to play as a platformer, it's a bit stiff. That's a shame. Um, Yeah, but it's not bad. It's not bad by any means. Uh, I would probably say if you could get, if you don't speak Japanese, like myself, you can't read Japanese very well, then uh, if you can find that PAL version for a good price, that's probably the way to go. But uh, I'd say the Japanese version is very cheap and it is playable without a knowledge of the language.
0: I will say I've mainly seen Grand Battle and Grand Adventure. So,
1: yeah, that's a bit confusing. Grand Battle is actually Grand Battle 3. Yeah. Uh, But when it was released outside of um, Japan, it's not even Grand Battle 3. It's like the ultimate version of Grand Battle 3. Okay. (laughs) But it's called Grand Battle. So that's probably the best version of Grand Battle, which is sort of a more arena-based fighting game, more similar to Power Stone. Yeah. Because I picked that up in Denmark actually years ago, the PS2 Grand Battle game uh, on PAL. Um, I've also got Grand Battle 3 on GameCube, which I haven't tried yet, which I assume is going to be very similar.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: But yeah, I've been collecting them. There's also Romance Dawn for the 3DS, which is an RPG, turn based RPG, which starts from the very beginning of One Piece. Yeah. Um, Very bare bones RPG. It's your basic as you're going to get, you know? And there's a lot of like uh, text, characters' faces, and text to tell the story. Yeah, they're not animated in any way. Those sort of story sequences are. Um, I mean, even yeah, the, if you want, even the cover
0: looks rough. Like
1: Romance Dawn. Yeah, yeah. It was originally a PSP game, but I didn't think it got a release outside of Japan. Yeah, it might have done.
0: No, it doesn't seem that way. I can I can see lots of Japanese copies of it, but then... Yeah, it actually but came then it with got... a PSP. There was a bundle version.
1: Yeah. um, There's a really nice uh, One Piece 3DS as well, actually.
0: Oh, man, that One Piece PSP is very nice. It's got the like, gold... It's got the gold... Um... Luffy, like, Straw Hat, Pirate Insignia, but then the same for every yeah. member of the crew. Wow, that's really cool. I'm gonna have it. you
1: seen the 3DS? The 3DS LL, as it would be no, the Japanese version. No, I haven't seen it. That's nice. I actually have a One Piece 3DS game, a Japanese one, i totally forgotten that the Japanese uh, games are region-locked on 3DS.
0: Oh, that's cool. I have a T-shirt from Uniqlo that is very much this style of, like, panel of the characters... Yeah.
1: yeah, for our listeners, it's red. It's a red DS with black uh, characters in panels on it, and it's yeah, it looks pretty classy. Uh, but it's ex- reasonably expensive to import, so mm, you know.
0: I mean, based on like Game Boy prices, the the 3DSs seem relatively affordable. There's also a a, ver- a pink version with uh, chopper on it, which looks quite cute.
1: Okay, I've not seen that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but the one I got, the 3DS game, Japanese 3DS game I got, that's not Romance Dawn. that's this Japanese one. Uh, that's, um, it looks like a, uh, more of a sequel to um, uh, Gigant Battle, is it? Yeah. Gigant Battle? Is it uh, uh,
0: Unlimited World? or
1: no, no, it's not. No, it's it's a, it's a fighting game. Okay. It wasn't released outside of uh, Japan, to my acknowledge. Okay. And, it's, yeah, it looks very much like, like Smash Bros. But this is rendered in 3D, as the previous Gigan Battles weren't. If it's if it's some more similar to Gear Spirit, I think it will be good. Um, Maybe next time I see you, Matt, you've got a Japanese uh, 3DS. Maybe I can give it a go.
0: <laughs> I don't, actually.
1: I thought you did. Didn't you have no, a blue one? No,
0: I... Ne- I... I might do actually. Now you said it. I'm just like you bought
1: Wait. it for a uh, particular game. I think.
0: Oh no, that's an American one. That oh, I bought an American one to play Rune Factory Four, Shimagami Tensei Four, and there was something else that only came out in the U.S. Um, it was the cool. it was the game from VanillaWare the, that they called a princess, but then they released it as a download thing, and it wasn't very good anyway.
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just don't, don't want to buy a Japanese 3DS for one game.
0: I can... What, if I eventually go to Japan again, I will gladly pick one up for you. They're like a tenner, but... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, let's do it then. Yeah,
1: um, Let's sort that out. Or if I happen to go to Japan, I don't yeah. know, maybe one day. One day, Tom. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a lowdown on some One Piece games I've been playing Um I would say there's some really good ones there, there's some more average ones there, but no particularly bad ones I've played yet.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. I've also
1: started playing Unlimited Cruise 2 on the Wii, which is really nice looking for a Wii game, Uh, but I feel like I should have played Unlimited Cruise 1, and it's also... I don't really know what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) fair. I mean, I saw Unlimited Cruise 2 as well and almost bought it, and then... I'd read the same things on like Game Facts. It's like, you should play the first one. I was like, oh, well, I won't buy this then because it's like 30. Well,
1: well, Why has Luffy got like a, a furry um, thing on his coat, on his jacket, and his I shirt?
0: I can't so. tell you. That would be a spoiler.
1: Okay, because yeah. the, the characters' outfits do change, you know, and that's one thing you're going to get when you play One Piece games. You're going to yeah. see the characters looking quite different hey, man, from game to game.
0: Let, let, let's speak no bones about it. Unlike Dragon Ball, like characters change their costumes a lot because there's clearly a merchandising hey we want to sell some statues opportunity going on there
1: yeah 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 so um yeah i've been in yeah i will probably next go back to uh one piece uh, unlimited world red on the i'm playing it on ps5 but it's a ps4 game uh i'd like to play a bit more of that it feels like a good big adventure game and say very colorful
0: yeah that's good to know i I'm glad that there are good One Piece games. I had kind of feared...
1: I'd heard there weren't. I heard that the majority of games weren't very good. No, but, and this is what I've been yeah. told
0: as well. So I'm glad you're setting the record straight here, Tom. I'd Barry. say
1: some of them are, are average. Some of them, like uh, fighting for One Piece is not a great fighting game. No. Unfortunately. But it's an okay, it's a middle-of-the-road, bare-bones fighting game. Yeah. And even even Gear Spirit, as you know, accessible as it is on the DS, it isn't. It doesn't do anything um, amazing. It's a basic Smash Brothers game, very basic. Fair enough. But it's kind of fun, yeah,
0: yeah. Video games should be fun. To quote a very wise yeah. man earlier in this podcast, so I'm glad it is.
1: Absolutely. Um, now, Matt, I've rambled. What else can you tell us from your? Uh, Gaming uh, week. What is that? Matt's
0: showing me. Do you a, know what this uh, something... is? Tom Parry. This is. He's got like a handheld
1: console that's called My Life,
0: and it's pink. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, in a weird bit of serendipity, um, a friend of the podcast, owner of Stupid Tomato in Cardiff, a, a guy also called Tom, had him and I have been messaging back and forth a lot recently about stupid handheld stuff, and he said that he'd had one of these traded into the store. And was just like, can you really call yourself a collector of handheld video game paraphernalia if you don't own a My Life? And I was like, I've never seen one.
1: Is it like something for young girls to organise their um, diaries? I
0: yes, but also it's kind of like Habo Hotel.
1: Oh, wow, that, okay, the, I remember that.
0: You you are a, you have a small avatar and then you get these little cartridges that are called My Life Fashion Packs and you put them in the back and then they
1: the fact they're called they're pink and they're called My Life Fashion Packs.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, hey man, it is very stereotypical. It's from the early 2000s. It is what it is. But like you can plug those things in and then you can don't like you can like a Sims expansion. There are different rooms or different Things that you can give to your character by buying these little cartridges. Um, okay. Yeah. This is, I never heard of this. I'd never yeah. heard of it either. I haven't had a chance to really dick around with it because it's a, it's also in Danish. But it has a little infrared port at the top, so I imagine you can play with friends. Um, there's a load of cartridges for it, and yeah, it was like one pound fifty with um, a, a silver DSI, <laughs> so I was just like, why not?
1: Right, so your friend in in Wales recommended,
0: like, laughed to me of like, look at this ridiculous thing I had traded in. I'd never seen one before, and then in a weird act of serendipity, a week later, I saw one. Oh right, for the first time ever. Or maybe I've seen them before. Maybe I just completely ignored it. Who knows? Um, But yeah, it's by an Italian company um, called uh, Giotti something or other.
1: This is fascinating, Matt. Based on what you said last week about not wanting to own any more consoles, not even a Sega Pico, despite having a, right. a library of games for it.
0: Bear in mind, <laughs> I paid one pound fifty for this, yeah, and yeah. it came with a DSI that I don't have the color of. That was the that was the instigator okay. of the purchase. Had this been like a tenner, I wouldn't be waving at this. E- you on a podcast like
1: even for a tenner i feel you would have parted with i would for not that have
0: pay- parted for a tenner like even when okay. it was bundled with the dsi cause the, the thing around the dsi said oh neither of these consoles are working and i was like mm, well i've got a spare dsi with a broken hinge i could swap in and then I got it home and I plugged it into a charger and it worked fine. So and this mm. did too actually. So I don't know. I guess the person had just tried to power them on and not realised they had a rechargeable battery. So
1: a DSI you didn't have. That's interesting. You collect DSIs. Well, you? I,
0: I I've just tended to buy console variations whenever I've seen them. Like if they're cheap enough, I don't mind picking them up. Like I've got most of the colours of the DSI now. I think
1: you got that blue one.
0: I got that blue one. I, I mean, I've got the, hmm. got the Pokemon one as well, the limited edition one. I've got, I've got multiple green ones because I seem to find the lime green one all the bloody time. Um, I've got red one, I've got a silver one, got a pink one. We're doing DS. Yeah. Or oh. DS Lite. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to yeah.
1: say DS didn't come in that many colours, did it?
0: No, it did not. DS Lite. I always confuse. DS Lite. I yeah. always forget that there is a bloody. Third DS variant.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I've seen all those DS lights, uh, but yeah, I think the DSi came. I remember a blue, I remember a white, I remember a black. Uh, I can't remember any others.
0: So yeah, I've, pink. There are, from the looks of things, there are. So I have like the ice blue one, which is the one that came in Nintendo Dogs. I have the pink. One, I have the green one, I have the red one, I have the black one, I have the silver one. The only one it looks like I don't have is a dark blue one. But I will rectify that situation at some point on parry, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I hope you can't hear a Hoover in I, the background.
0: I can hear a Hoover on my end of the Oh no yeah. I can't, now it's disappeared. Hopefully that okay. doesn't come through on the podcast. If it if it did, don't worry about it. It's just us cleaning out your ears. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's better yeah, than an should, aeroplane. Absolutely. And Be- back. Oh, here it is. It's back. It's fine. It's back. Don't worry about it. Well, um, I mean, I'm going
1: to.
0: Con- have you got anything more to talk about, or should we wrap up?
1: Well, yeah. Well, I was going to talk about uh, GTA. I think it, we we should definitely touch upon that. Sure. Uh, this week. Uh, so, I have been uh, having Game Pass. Uh, I have access to uh, San Andreas. Right. Um, just San Andreas. You know, you don't get the full trilogy uh, as part of Game Pass, but you can sample at least part of that trilogy. And uh, going back and playing San Andreas now, uh, it plays fine, of course, you yeah. know. Uh, but after playing Forza Horizon Five, um, I think uh, it's uh, it's difficult to go back to an open world game from that time.
0: Yeah, i I could imagine it would be difficult. Um, yeah, it it seems to me like the. That era of open world, I don't know, I mean, I remember having a fondness for those games when I played them, but it was nothing that I was ever like, oh my god, this open world is incredible, even by the time we had got around to uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, I was like, wow, this is leaps and bounds ahead of the PS2 slash Xbox games.
1: Yeah. I think people will return to these for nostalgia mostly. I think those who've never played the original three, three D GTA games, yeah. are, are going to have a rude awakening. Yeah. Uh, despite you know the, the 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 facelift it's had, you know it's had a slight facelift. I mean, uh, lighting's pretty nice. Uh, character models are slightly improved, but in a weird way where they're not improved drastically. So they look like somebody's just uh, I don't know coloured over them. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I
0: know. I I mean, I've seen terrible screenshots of, like, distorted models and everything else, so... Well,
1: the thing that's striking is, sometimes they don't appear to have any shoulders. No. That's the weirdest thing about some of the characters. Sometimes it's fine, but sometimes when they move in certain ways, the shoulders sort of just disappear. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, no, it's a product of its time and it was very revolutionary for the time that it was released. It just it 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 enters this weird world where it looks better than it used to, but it still looks like an old game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's
1: really weird. That is, it's got like a filter, a filter of (laughs) modern game on top of um, the PS2 original.
0: Well, I mean, it, it. I've some of the stuff I've read on Kotaku has been very interesting in the fact that, like, apparently the code for like hot coffee is still in there. So like they've not even really mm. done anything to the source code or anything. They've literally just lifted it and emulated and given it a bit of sheen and made it run on these consoles.
1: Mm. and, you know, it plays well. I can't um fault how it's played from what I've played of it. You know, it isn't a lot of the game. It's yeah. probably just the first hour. But um within that time, you know, I found uh it controls well. There are a few um improvements there with the weapon wheel. Uh yeah, I, I would say it's not as bad as, you know, it's been made out to be. Yeah. I just think it, people's expectations for it were so high that it's bound to disappoint on on some levels.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that not that true of, like, sometimes it's better with old games not to go back to them, I think that's kind mm. of that's why when I played Yakuza 1 I was like no I'm not going to start with 0 I'm going to play them in release order because I, I don't want to I mean at the time we didn't know Kawami was going to come out and I was just mm. like I want to experience this now before I think oh god isn't this frustrating isn't this awkward and I yeah, I felt the limitations of that even playing it then like at the end of the yeah. PS2 year into the PS3 like it I don't know, man. I, I think sometimes we we move on drastically, and we kind of talked about this before, where some early 3D games, like the N64, perhaps aren't yeah. the best thing to go back to. I think gaming has moved on since then, and if you aren't used to the feel of that game and don't have a nostalgia for it, nah, I think it's a bit rough. I think it's like... I think, yeah.
1: It, Matt, go on. Sorry, man. I
0: was going to say, I think it's like going back to... Atari and Commodore and Spectrum games for some people who haven't grown up around that and haven't understood the limitations of those consoles and then comparing... Possibly, yeah. I can't really say
1: because the... we grew up with the PS2... Well, uh, actually, you know, that was later on in our lives. That wasn't exactly. when we were really young either, was yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> Um, But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one and I, I think, you know... There is an audience for these remasters, certainly. Yeah. But what do you think of the controversy surrounding uh, deleting the previous versions? Uh, I know a lot of people are rather annoyed about the fact that the old downloadable versions of the PS2 games on PS4 uh, or even um, Xbox
0: um,
1: are not available uh, now. What do you think of that practice?
0: I think it's a pretty shitty practice. Um, from what I understand, that's actually more harmful to the PC community because they had, hmm. they had done a lot of the work from the sounds of things that Rockstar hasn't done in this re-release. They had made mods, they had that strengthened it and made it visually more appealing. Hmm. They had done work to the animation to get it more fluid. And I think yeah. they kind of had to take it down everywhere, but I think it hurt the PC community more than it hurt the consoles. And I don't know, man, like I said. I
1: feel there is there is an argument for this practice. I mean, it. I don't like to say that because I think it, ultimately it isn't right because you should have the choice as a consumer. Uh, but uh, there, there'll be some confusion as to what version to get, I suppose. For those who aren't so clued in to what's going on, yeah, they might get this version and think it's the, the definitive one. And then they play it and it looks like the PS2 game. And then, you know, it it, it does create confusion having two versions available yeah. at the same time. And really, are those versions that much better than the, the Divinity Editions we're getting? I mean, they're more true to the original, but essentially these versions we're, we're getting now are, what do you say, are better. I don't know. I know some people don't think they are. Some people think that... Uh, too much has changed and they're far too um they're built around the mobile versions which are different than the um than the original PS2 versions. Yeah, I dunno I don't know. I don't think it's too much of a problem. Um and I think an argument for doing it, yeah, is is to avoid um confusion. But of course the bigger arguments the bigger reason why they've done it yeah. is they uh, want people to buy the new one. That's the main reason well, they've done I mean, it. Of and of course. That. Yeah it's it's the same with I think any game that's going to get a re-release isn't it it's like they'll want to get the old versions off there so people aren't you know paying two pounds for an old game <laughs> instead of buying the uh the new one but yeah a substantially big price and maybe they've seen that actually the difference isn't that much in terms of the actual gameplay. So that's probably giving them more incentive to get rid of it because you're not getting an entirely fresh experience. No. You're getting something that is essentially the same game with a filter on it, you know? Yeah. I, I, know. I, I mean, there are, as I say, that, that's doing it a little bit of a discredit because there are some quality of life improvements, but not maybe enough to justify, you know, uh, having a def- calling it a definitive.
0: Filter. No, but uh, hey, man, I think... Rockstar clearly believe that this is a better product and perhaps...
1: I mean, in a lot of ways it is, a lot of ways it is, but um in some ways it isn't.
0: Yeah, I, hey man I, yeah. I think that's true of anything though, I think like if you want the real true experience, you need to have a PS2, like you need to play it on the old console but...
1: Also, it feels like it belongs on those consoles, it is weird playing the new ones, because it's that funny era of 3D Yeah where it feels odd to play today, yeah, I think that's 2D. What I'm re- I, yeah, that's what are you saying doing? that about N64 games as well? I yeah,
0: know. I, 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 to be fair, I even feel that way about some PS1 games that I I hold near and dear to my heart. Things like Jumpin' Flash. If mm. you if you didn't have nostalgia for that, it feels fucking weird to play those like really low poly early PS1 slash N64 games like. They're in a, yeah. a weird time capsule, like I said. They're in a weird
1: time, yeah. Which I think when you get up to Dreamcast, that sort of changes. I think Dreamcast yeah. games, like the original Soul Calibur, is as playable today as it was when it first came out. Yeah. And it looks good. But yeah, that period beforehand, it is, yeah... I, to... The N64 PS1, yeah, PS one Yeah exactly. Actually hang on. We're talking about Dreamcast. That was before PS two. Yeah, but I Well there are some examples of really um solid PS two games.
0: I was gonna say I think the PS two is kind of on the Lisp of it, like and you you see, on the cusp. sorry, not the list. You you see you see some things that then end up informing video games afterwards and I think that is kind of the thing, isn't it? Same with GameCube. Like, I mean, to be fair to GameCube, even though a lot of those games perhaps look a bit dated now, I still think things like Luigi's Mansion are probably very playable today. Like, Oh, well,
1: F-Zero um, GX.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, clearly not Mario Sunshine. But there's a lot of good stuff on that console. Even I was actually, when I was playing... Um, Ratchet and Clank earlier running around on the speed boosts. I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of some of the bits in Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> like...
1: Well, actually, well, there originates, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite blatant. That's yeah. where that's come from. And the influence of Sonic Adventure games is probably a lot greater than people ever give them credit for.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you <laughs> just... Know, people just like to rip on Shadow the Hedgehog and Big the Cat, don't they? But like, they, they're not bad games. Yeah,
1: I think people always focus on the janky parts of those 3D Sonic games without actually appreciating what stuff they were doing that was kind of very different at the yeah, time I, d- I just think mm. there's a,
0: some weird questionable like character decisions and stuff isn't there like Knuckles always having like really weird hip hop music in the background and like Rouge being That's a part
1: of ass. the charm, you could argue <laughs> yeah. that's part of the yeah, charm but yeah, yeah. yeah I think that some of those gameplay decisions like Big the Cat's fishing levels do not sit well in a fast paced uh, Sonic game, no. neither do um, Knuckles's find the Chaos Emeralds sections, Yeah, you know and rather than, I think they um sort of check, improved that with the sequel a bit, yeah, but still you know
0: well no, they did, it made you do more of them because then you have to well, do
1: they the introduced that well. knuckle yeah knuckles and rouge ones, but in 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 terms of replacing the big the cat stuff with the um Tails. the shooting stuff yeah. with Tails and Eggman, that was better than big yeah hundred percent that was more arcade style, anyway, I think there's something timeless about the Dreamcast. I would agree. That maybe I think it's also the resolution and the sharpness of the visuals. It feels very much like an arcade game. I know it's built around arcade hardware, and um, yeah, it has it has that quality. I mean, to
0: it. I didn't have a Dreamcast until much later. Until actually, we were quite well into this podcast. So, like, I would agree mm-hmm. with you. Anything I've played on the Dreamcast of like the standout Dreamcast titles. Is excellent, which is why they've probably been ported to other consoles by this point.
1: Hmm. I think the fact it hasn't got the massive library means there's not so many games like, unlike the PS2, which are below par. You know, I'm still there are there are some like Roadsters isn't a very good example of a Dreamcast game, Uh, but because there's a smaller library, the quality sort of shines through. I'm
0: still waiting for Egg to get a Switch port. It's going to happen soon, surely. Mm. Like.
1: Eggs an interesting game, isn't it? Uh, I wish it? I would have yeah. bought Element... that
0: while it was still fucking affordable. Is it elemental gimmick gear? Yes, is that what it is indeed.
1: For? Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry, I... but I think we've just gone off on a real tangent. <laughs> yeah, we output, have, but so. I
0: mean, you've picked it. You've picked up the streamcast. Uh, you've picked up the streamcast. You've picked up this um, GTA port, and are you are you finding it wanting? Then is what well, i hearing.
1: So I didn't pay for it, oh, did I? You just, oh,
0: that's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Claire's getting it on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, she's decided to, to pick up the Switch version. it would be interesting to see how that holds up. I've not played that. But I, I would say, you've got a Game Pass, try it for yourself. If you've got a Game Pass, yeah. what, why not? Just check it out, see what you think. If you really like it, you can get the whole trilogy. Yeah. It, it's really good in this respect that Game Pass owners do have an opportunity to try the game. And it shows maybe Rockstar's... Sort of, um, um, what would I say? Confidence in the game. Yeah. To 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 allow part of it to be played, either shows that uh, they're not sure how good it is, or they're confident it's good enough to make people buy the uh, the full thing, the full one. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Fair enough. Uh,
1: but I, I would say it's not bad by any means. It's just hard when you've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon Five to do an open world game with vehicles. Yeah. That's as old as that
0: yeah i get you it,
1: it's come out i think it's actually come out at an unfortunate time because a lot of xbox owners anyway who like driving games will be playing forza horizon 5 then they'll be jumping back to gta think and I, thinking um, oh i don't think i really want to play this yeah after i've played the other game i get you not to say they're exactly the same because they're not of course but the the driving and the open world you know well i mean they both it, share that
0: exactly i was going to say it's driving around an open world isn't it and the contrast in those two
1: yeah but GTA is far more than that, you know, and and it still has its own charm. It's still today, you know. It it it's those characters and the writing. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Well, I will draw it to a close there because I need to use the little boy's room. So, um, if you have enjoyed <laughs> listening to this podcast, uh, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack and Twitter at TMA Cast for the two of us, at Tom Perry, Lemon for him, at Game Boyle for me. Um, you can listen to the podcast in a variety of places as well, such as on com forward slash podcast on blastprocess.com, as well as in iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. While you're there, want to give us a cheeky rate and subscribe, let us know you're listening, blah, 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 blah. Tom, mm-hmm. always a pleasure, mate. Love yeah, speaking to you. Absolute pleasure, Matt. And thank As you, always. dear listener, for listening to us. Um, until next week, where well, we'll be back, and I will not talk about Pikmin and Ratchet and Clank, but maybe some Lost Judgment or Metroid Dread, two excellent video games that I have sitting on a counter while I play these other things. Um, game on!
1: Game on!